Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts Podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. Looks like the Colts are finding new creative ways to lose. We will discuss the second half meltdown in Minnesota and discuss the Monday night matchup with the Chargers. Another edition of Letter Rip. Plus, we focus on some playoff contenders with our unstable pick six. So here we go. Well, before we get going, uh, some congratulations to Quentin Nelson for making his fifth straight Pro Bowl. Only Colt ever to make the first five straight Pro Bowls to begin their career. That's pretty good. I know. Five other Colts are listed as alternates. Uh, they are Gilly, uh, Buck, Zaire, Unique, and JT, but that's not going to happen now uh, because of his high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. No official word from the Colts. That's just all third party, uh, that information. But uh, any surprises on who might have gotten in or who got left out on the Colts? Um, i say the only surprise to me is that DeForest Buckner was in there and Grover Stewart wasn't because mm. Grover Stewart, in my opinion, had a bigger impact on all the games to DeForest Buckner. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. There's also somebody you kept, as I was going through this list, you kept going, what about this? What about this? What about mm-hmm. this guy? Who was that? Michael Pittman. Okay. I was thinking Chase. Oh, that's true. At every turn, yeah. you were like, Chase McLaughlin? Chase, yeah. I mean, he's had mm-hmm. a very consistent record-setting year for the Colts themselves, and then uh, he's been the most consistent over 50 in the league this year. So it's kind of a surprising, but once again... That's kind of what you get when you are four nine and one. You don't get as mm-hmm. much recognition uh, because of the status of your team. Speaking of which, the Colts found a way to lose with another fourth quarter blowout, while the Niners look to have all the keys to make it look pretty. <laughs> Very punny. I appreciate that. Uh, the Colts now have the distinguished uh, category of being having the largest comeback in NFL history done on them. Ironically, the other one involved... Frank Reich. Mm. So he's still... The ghost of Frank Reich still exists. Mm-hmm. He's still haunting us as we... Uh, he was on the winning side of that. We not so much. On this one. Um, and then, of course, you got JT out with the high ankle with only three games left. He's on IR and he's done for the season. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that 33 to 0 first half sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, what's not so good is what occurred in the second half, though. Yeah. That's true. But even at 33 and 
a 33 to zero, there are some things that could have been different in this first half. Mm-hmm. We, we had four trips to the red zone, but only but only one of those trips ended with a touchdown. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, it right there, if you convert one of those, that's 37 to nothing. Yep. And it's just that much harder for them to climb back. And then there was, in the fourth quarter, the fourth and one call... What do you think about that? Honestly, we have, like you said, one of the most consistent kickers in the league over 50. It's a 53-yarder. Just kick the 53-yarder and push yourself up some more points. It would have made it an 11. You're up eight. It would have made an 11-score game in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So right there, you are now a two-score lead. And And then... There was that final play oh. where they're out of timeouts. We keep them in bounds. There's 12 seconds left. They have no timeouts. They're in field goal range, but there's no timeouts. And so you do the defense does what they're taught to do, where they just kind of are a little bit lazy about getting up. But maybe they were a little bit more lazy. What do you think about that play? Um, I feel like they laid on him for too long. Yeah. I feel like maybe just count to one in your head, get up, that's enough time. Or else you're gonna get flagged. Yep. Also don't smack the ball out of the guy's hand. Yep. That's clearly a delay of game. Yeah. And possibly even sport unsportsmanlike. Exactly. So they're right on the edge of field goal range, and now you just put them into field goal range and stop the clock. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your Mayflower move of the game? Um, For me, it's a small Mayflower move. It's a small move. But for me, it's got to be the two-yard pass to Osborne in the end zone because it set up the comeback, and it also set up a career day for Osborne. Gotcha. So the shifting of the tide touchdown for them. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to go positive for the Colts and go with that block punt was just, I mean, that was a game turner changer. Uh, if they follow that and keep that momentum going, like there's nothing. Obviously, that first half was uh, all within itself. So I'm going to go with that block punt mm-hmm. um, there. Who was your star of the game then? Uh, because of that, it's got to be Osborne just because how he started that comeback and um, he had that career day. Yeah. I normally don't choose people from the other team, but whenever your team gets the greatest comeback of NFL history, you deserve it. Yep. Yeah, I get it. Uh, you know, there was also that uh, 64-yard Marshawnish Lynch kind of uh, thing that uh, Dalvin Cook did. Dalvin Cook did. Yeah. So, um, well, my star of the game, I'm going to go with Ifaeti Adenigobo. He had that block punt. He had the sack. He also had the penalty, depending on how you look at it, the penalty at the end. But now, mysteriously, he is released from the Colts. So, uh, even more reason for me to shout him out because uh, I don't know why he is gone. Uh 
Coach Saturday did not abound on that, expound on that at all. But uh, he's gone. And so I'm going to shout him out because he deserves it. Well, um, before we end this segment, let's talk a little bit about kind of where we are. They got the sixth pick in the draft if they uh, if the season ended right now, which puts them maybe the second quarterback, assuming we're going to get a quarterback, because why wouldn't we get a quarterback? Assuming they're getting a quarterback, puts them maybe second quarterback, maybe third quarterback mm-hmm. taken in the draft. Yeah. Behind Houston, obviously, and then maybe the Lions, if the Lions choose to do that. So, a couple letter rip kind of things for us to discuss. Okay. Letter rip, again, your gut reaction to this statement. Jeff Saturday will still be an NFL head coach next year. Colts or not? No. No? I don't think he will be, no. All right. Uh, what's, your, what's your reasoning behind that? Um, I like the way he runs stuff. I with the way things have been going, I know he doesn't have the greatest um like he didn't come in at the greatest time for us. I know that, but mm-hmm. I sent I think that the NFL head coaching is a unforgiving job. So even if you come in at a bad time, they expect you to they bring you in so that you can try to do something and if you don't perform then you don't get it. Gotcha. I am going to agree with you. I think that there, up until this past week, there was a decent chance that he was going to be the Colts head coach next year. After what I see is mismanagement with that fourth and one and some time management there at the end um, and not being able to coach those defensive guys to do what they needed to do there. I think he's not going to be with the Colts. I don't think he's going to be around next year as a head coach. I think that he has a good possibility to be an offensive line coach or a offensive coordinator position and work his way into a head coaching down the line, but not next year. Okay, yeah. Last one for letter rip. The Colts will go 2-1 and one and just miss the playoffs, resulting in a mid-first-round pick. Uh, I don't think that could happen. No. No, I think that they can go one and two and beat Houston, but there's I don't think they're beating the Chargers, even if that's at home. And they're definitely not beating the Giants. All right. Uh, I will agree with you. I think it would kind of strangely be like the Colts to all of a sudden just kick it into gear and uh, and not get the draft pick that they uh, that they probably deserve along the way, but. Uh, I agree that I'm probably going to end up uh, one and two on the uh, on the year. Well, after the Colts choked against the Vikings, can they shock the Chargers and make a primetime game worth watching oh. all the way to the end? I like that little clown words there. Thank you. This week it's the Colts versus the Bolts. Chargers lead the all-time matchup 19 to 11. The Colts have historically had like some uh, some of the worst outings against the Chargers. Peyton Manning had six interceptions, one of his worst or his worst interception outings. Adam Vinatieri had some missed kicks. Uh, Kading had some big ones, but missed some. Most of those though came in the San Diego 
days against Phillip Rivers. Hmm. Other news this week. Nick Foles is the starting quarterback. A little bit too late in my opinion, especially for the whole brisket thing from yep. my perspective. Will the Colts regret not playing him earlier this season? I guess we'll see whenever he plays. I mean, there's no telling. This leads me to another Kevin's Conspiracies. Okay. Yeah. I've said all along that they're saying they're not tanking, but they're tanking. Mm-hmm. And it's all orchestrated by... Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay. I believe that this is yet another quarterback move that is out of the hands of the head coach. Okay. I believe that Frank Reich was forced to play Sam Ellinger, and I believe that Jeff Saturday is now being forced to play Nick Foles so they can potentially increase their chances of getting a higher draft pick while not trying to seem like they're doing that. It seems like they're trying to continue to do everything they can to win these games. Yet changes are changes, and this late in the season, changes probably are not good. So that's my yeah. Kevin's conspiracies. What do you think? Uh, Honestly, I agree with you. Nice to see I've taken you down the road. <laughs> well, what are some keys to the game for you? Um, Now that Keenan Allen's back, we got to have Stephon Gilmore on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And we have to open up the run game so that it opens up everything else. I've said this all season. We have to get the run game started. If that doesn't happen, we need to screen pass since it's just an extension of the run game. Short passes so we can open up that deep ball to Alec Pierce or something like that because we know that he can catch those. Yep. So those are my keys to the game. I'm going to throw a couple things out here. Remember that Eckler is a dual threat. So just because he doesn't get the ball initially doesn't mean he can't get the ball on a pass, a screen pass, some kind of route out of the backfield. He is a dual threat. Trust me, he's on my fantasy team, and his run game is not the only game. Here's the other thing. I'm going to just throw out some... We're at the point we can just throw out some fundamentals here. Fast start. Protect the ball. Take shots. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I hate to, like, go back to the fundamentals, but when we have a quarterback now that hasn't played at all with the ones, we got to go back to basics. I also want to throw out another uh, potential thing here. Okay. What about bringing Dallas Flowers on offense? Hmm. Couple plays. You remember you, you back in the uh, mid-2000s, you had this... Uh, greatest kickoff returner of all time was Devin Hester. And then the Bears decided, you know what? He's a really good punt returner, kickoff returner. Maybe we should use him on offense a little bit. They bring him in, have him on an end around. Sometimes he works just as a decoy. Maybe we do the same kind of thing with Dallas Flowers. I I like that. I mean, there's no hurt in trying it. Yeah. I mean, three games left. What you got to lose? Mm-hmm. Alright, what are some matchups to watch for you? Um Like I said, Stefan Gilmore and Keenan Allen. Yep. Uh I wanna know who they're gonna put on I wanna know who Derwin James Jr. is gonna be on. 
Okay. Whether it be Pittman, Pierce, whoever it's going to be, if he's just going to stick to one side. Um, also, like you said, Eckler is a dual threat. So I kind of want Zaire and Bobby to switch off, meaning Bobby mm-hmm. covers the more pass because he's a better pass coverage, and Zaire to keep on consistently getting those tackles on the run game. Gotcha. I'm going to say on the Colts side, I want to see Woods versus anyone. I want to see Jelani take on anybody and see if they can find anybody to match up against him. Mm. I think he's such a threat and such an underrated weapon. We need to exploit him because he's going to be too fast for a linebacker and uh, he's going to be too big for a cornerback and too big pretty much for anybody. He's got too good a hands for anybody. So I want to see that. Yeah. I also want to see how Braden Smith does against Khalil Mack. Okay. Yeah. I think that's my key on the offensive line uh, to keep uh, him out of there. Um, because I don't think Joey Bosa is going to be back from what I've heard thus far just mm-hmm. yet. And then Nick Foles' eyes against the safeties. Okay. How well can he move them around, put them where he wants them to get the shot that he needs, the coverage that he wants, different places. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran enough quarterback to do that. Um, he's been successful in that. Uh, so I want to see what he can do there. Yeah. What's your prediction? Um, I'm going to go with the Colts scoring no touchdowns, 12 to 21. All right. I got 24-17. I think they make a game of it behind Foles. But once again, it's going to be just out of reach. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a few weeks, so it's time for another Team from Houston update. And it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start it off with the Team from Houston update. The Team from Houston lacks an identity so much that they started two quarterbacks. Wait, how do you start two quarterbacks? One at the quarterback position and one out at wide receiver. So Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll were both in there. Yeah. At the start of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. It was only the first two plays of the game though. But they were in there for both for two plays. Yeah. (laughs) So, they're so indecisive, they just say, well, let's start both of them and see what happens. Oh, my goodness. Oh. They are definitely drafting a quarterback first round. Oh, yeah. First pick in the draft. Definitely. The only question is, who's it going to be? Is it going to be uh, Will Levis? Is it going to be uh, C.J. Stroud? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Bryce Young? It's the question. Everybody needs to know. Everybody wants to know. We're going to yep. find out in April. Well, it's time for the unstable pick six. Let's take a look back at last week and see how we did. Niners Seahawks. You picked the Niners. And you picked the Seahawks. And you got that one. Yup. Bills Dolphins. I picked the Bills. I chose the Dolphins. And I got that one. Yup. Lions Jets. You chose the Lions. I chose Jets. And you got that. Or I got that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we both picked the Chargers over the Titans. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both picked the Bengals over the Bucks. Both got that one. And uh, I stuck with the Commanders. And I stuck with the Giants. And you got it. Yep. No tie this time. That puts me at 49, 26, and 1. And I am 45, 30, and 1. Still 
four behind you. Yep. Up. Yep. Uh, no games lost uh, either way this week, um, position-wise. All right. This week, uh, we got the Jags and the Jets. We, we did keep ourselves honest and let each other know who we chose. Mm-hmm. You picked the Jets. And you picked the Jaguars. So I'm going to win that one. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week. All right. So this week, continuing on, what you got for the Chiefs and Seahawks? Um, They're both pretty good teams. You know, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Chiefs just because it's in Kansas City. Yeah, I think th- here's the deal. The Seahawks need it more, but it's in Kansas City, and I don't think they're going to get beat in Kansas City. So I got the Chiefs. Giants, Vikings. It's in Minnesota. All right. Um, I I think the Vikings just have too much power, firepower on offense. I don't know how well it's going to serve them in the playoffs, but I think they've got this one against you know, the Giants. I was thinking Giants because of how the um, Colts played against the Vikings and how they were able to put up 33 in the first half. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that the Giants really only have uh, Daniel and um, Saquon. Yeah. Their pass game isn't the best. It's not as good as the Colts in my opinion. Okay. So I'm going to stick Vikings. All right. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, Houston and the Titans. Yep. I mean, it's in Tennessee. That's pretty much all you need to know. And especially because I decided to start two quarterbacks, I'm going to go Titans. Yeah. The Titans are on a four-game skid uh, and are now being threatened by the Jags to overtake the division. I think they've got this one against Houston. Uh, It's Houston. Uh, No one can... No one can do that. Um, Commanders, Niners, in San Francisco. I I just don't think anyone can mess with the Niners right now, especially in in San Francisco. Yeah, I honestly... It's bold, but I'm thinking that the Niners go undefeated to the Super Bowl. So I'm saying Niners. All right, that... You're going to risk that for the biscuit? That's too much to risk for the biscuit. (laughs) That's a bold one. I like that one. I'd have taken that if I were you, but that's all right. You know what? Yep, I'm risking it for the biscuit. All right. Niners making it to the Super Bowl. That was my pick, and I'll still stick with that pick, but you're going to risk that for the biscuit. I like it. Especially Brock Purdy. I like it. Um, uh, The last game, Eagles-Cowboys. You know, I want to hear what you got first. All right. Uh, it's in Dallas, and they lost to the Eagles last time, so I got the Cowboys. They're coming on strong at the right time. I don't think the Eagles are as good as they can be. Plus, they ain't no hurts. They don't have hurts? He is out. Well, listed as questionable, uh, but I'm pretty sure, from what I've heard, Minshew's going to be the guy. Man, no one that hurts that makes it that much harder. Mm. Um, I was going to choose Eagles just to defer from you because I already lost that Jets-Jaguars game. I need to make something up. Yeah. Uh-oh. Decisions, decisions. 
right after a brisket or a biscuit. I'm going to say Cowboys. I'm going to say Cowboys because it's in Dallas. And even if the Eagles win, I need to stay even. I'd rather stay even than take the chance. All right. Hurts. So you're going to risk it for the biscuit on the Niners, but you're not going to risk it for no. anything for the... No. All right. All right. I like it. Well, next week we'll talk about whatever might happen on Monday night, the day after Christmas. Plus, we will take a look at what could be a messy one in the Meadowlands. And maybe we'll check in on the Niners as they try to catch the Vikings for the number two seed in the NFC. Well, this is Liam. And this is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable.